I speak to you this, this afternoon on one theme. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. After Jesus was baptized, and remember when Jesus was baptized, John didn't want to do it. I love John. If you ever want to search out a perfect personality, you will search it out in John the Baptism. A man who knew who he was, he knew who had called him to do what he had to do, knew what he had to do, and did it well. Isn't that marvelous? That's a perfect personality. Because sometimes we know who we are, but we don't know where we're going. Sometimes we're on a roll, but we don't know why. Sometimes we can't tell the difference between what's good or what's bad of what's happening to us. But John knew. And, uh, and, and John says, no, don't, don't, listen, listen. You baptize me. And, and Jesus says, no. I, I've got to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus was baptized. You say, what does it mean, all, all righteousness? Well, number one, let me tell you what's involved in Jesus' baptism. He was confessing the sins of a nation, the nation of Israel, and would you believe it? Our sins, too. Because his sacrifice goes back, and it went forward. 2,000 years till the day of today, he showed us the example, and he did it so we could know. He's uh, confirming John's ministry. He's inaugurating his own ministry. He's identifying with common people. Oh, I love that. Jesus was always with the crowds. And he was portraying his coming ministry of both death and resurrection. That's why when we tell people the symbolism of baptism, we say you go down. It's not, it's not, a, place, it's not a place to get your sins washed. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's simply confessing that Jesus has saved you. And in that confession, in that beautiful confession, you see him go down and come up. And we are like buried with Christ when we go down and we come up in the new life in Christ Jesus, okay? <clears throat> now, isn't it beautiful how God showed his approval on this baptism? I love it. The heavens were open and God showed his approval of Jesus, the perfect man, of Jesus, the one who didn't need baptism for sin, but accepted baptism in obedience to service to the Father. In everything that God does, and in everything that he wants us to do, there will always be a sacrifice of obedience you say, why a sacrifice? What do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you something. Whatever God tells you to do, there's something in you that says you don't want to do it. Isn't that something? And no matter how old you are, everybody has an innate rebellion to God. Innate rebellion to God. You're bothered by God. He annoys you. And he does. Because he wants you to live right and you don't. He wants you to walk right and you don't. He wants you to have a right spirit, and we don't always have a right spirit. So we have problems. We have very serious problems to serving the Lord and to walking with him because it's not easy. Oh, sister, I love to serve the Lord. What are you saying? 
darling, if you're alive and you're well, you got problems. We all have problems. Because you see, if we could serve the Lord and unzip our carnal nature, just step out of it. Aiva, you pilot and you walk in the spirit. No, I see no es. It doesn't happen that way. You don't. You've got to carry all your luggage with you. All your luggage. We had an interesting time. Do you mind if I tell a story? You don't. I love you. We went into a restaurant. And the first thing Joe asked for is no smoking. I think my husband thinks that the first smoke that enters his nose is going to lay him out. And he's going to be dead. But that's okay. He's careful and I don't blame him. And he looks at the man, and the man says, smoking or non-smoking? Then Joe looks at the man and says, this is New York. There's not any smoking in any area of food. And he goes on. And I'm standing there. I, 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 you know, I, I want to say I'm not with him. You know, you know if you want to fight, you're on your own. So he says, what is he trying to say? Well, I don't know, but I think there is somebody that's a lawyer here. Find that out for me. If, if, the, if the diner is long enough and there's the right kind of uh, ventilation for the smoking area, they're allowed to have a smoking area, provided it doesn't invade the other areas. Well, I didn't know that, and I really don't care. When I'm hungry, there isn't smoke in the world that keeps me from eating. Okay? But that's okay. We've got to be obedient to his service. Isn't it the truth? It, it's not easy, folks. Our nature goes with us everywhere we're at. It's, it's not a, he could tell a million stories about me, but his are more interesting than mine because I'm chicken. Okay? Now, Jesus is led away into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. I was reading about that, and I thought to myself, led away by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. For what? For a time of temptation. Isn't that something? He would be tempted. And he was. He was tempted in physical desires, in human need. Let me see the hand of anybody here that has a need. I don't care what it is. Okay. Okay? This is us. There isn't anybody here without a need. We all have needs. So Jesus was tempted in physical desires, he was tempted to dare God. Mm. That's heavy. That's heavy, okay? That has to do with our daydream or fog dream or crazy dream to be much more than God ever intended us to be. Do you ever meet somebody that's got a spirit of grandeur? Have you ever met a person like that? Why? They walk, if it's a woman like the Queen of England. I mean, you know, you look. I, I love elegant women, but when it shows, I have a few problems, okay? I love elegance that has simplicity and that has warmth and that has beauty. But an elegant that only has airs, it blows me away, okay? But this is it. When you dare God, you say, what do you mean dare God? Yeah, to do something that God knows how to do. And what does God know how to do? God knows how to rescue people. Yeah, 
So when you misapply scripture, misapply scripture to something that you want to do, imagine somebody saying, I'm going to jump off that roof and you're going to say, nothing's going to happen to me. Brother, I'll go down and pick up the pieces. Have to take a mop with me, but I will do it. Because that's not the way scripture is applied. Scripture cannot be applied that way. And then we have another application to scripture, and that's the psychological need of achievement. Wow. We all have it. I just wish we could understand ourselves, and I'm going to tell you how to understand yourself in maybe five minutes flat. Achievement, where you want to stand out like a sore thumb, but with a great deal of pride. Achievement. That's not the way it goes. The devil said to Jesus, and he said it's so cute. He says, look, 40 days of fasting and prayer, you are a hungry man. And guess what? He was. He was a hungry man. Very hungry. And the devil says, make these rocks turn to bread. Make the rocks turn to bread. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus says, it is written. That's the name of the tape. It is written. What? Man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's the answer. You're not going to live by bread alone. In other words, God establishes the greatest truth that everybody knows it, but nobody accepts it, and nobody lives in it, and nobody walks with it. That we are a duplex. We are a spiritual person, but we are a physical person. That's the duplex. We're almost a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. But I'm just talking about the two main parts. The spiritual part and the physical part. Now we, we are, hey, we are that, that. That's what we are. And Jesus came in contact with all our physical part. He was a man. He was born of the Virgin Mary. But it was the Holy Spirit that was the divine seed that brought him to be. And that's our theology. We believe it. We accept it. And after 2,000 years, I'm more accepting than ever for the transformation in lives, uh, for what he's done down through the ages, for what he's doing right now, seated or standing for some uh, at the right-hand side of God the Father from whence he shall come to judge. But he's watching out for us. Let me tell you something, folks. We have to realize that, yes, there are physical desires and there are human needs, but don't sell your soul for them. Some people think their job is the most important thing in their life. Well, lady, are you going to support my family? Well, lady, are you going to put bread on my table? Well, lady, are you going to... No, I can't. I can't. I make no promises to. You were never told such a thing. But I will tell you this, and I'll tell it to you from the bottom of my heart. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I have been young and I am old, David says. And what does he say? I have not. No, he has not. 
seen the faithful forsaken or the seed of the faithful begging for bread hey that's the word that you can count on hey now let me tell you like they tell me take it to the bank you'll get money for it it's the bank of heaven of course it works so what I'm what am I trying to say if your entire life and your entire goal is for physical and human uh, needs to be met you, you're not you're not going to survive this rat race this human rat race you, you're not going to I always remember an old hymn from my Pentecostal church and I used to love it so much because it said so much in so few words hay ricos que mueren sin saber donde está su dolor. There are rich to die not knowing where their pain is coming from. There's something about us to think if you're rich, well, not even that will reach you. You say, oh, they'll die sometimes, but well, what a way to go. No, it's not a way to go. If you go without God, it's the saddest thing in the world. And if you want to know how sad it is, take Luke 16. When a beggar, which the dog licked, the sores on his legs, is found down to the Sheol. And he looks up. A rich man had also died at the same time who had a feast every single day for his whole family. And when the rich man died, he went to the part of the Sheol that's called Hades. And from Hades, he looked up and saw the beggar man in Abraham's bosom. Now, how did he get there? And what am I doing here? It, it was interesting. Because then he says to Abraham, ask the beggar to just touch a little cold water and to touch my lips. And Abraham says, it can't be done. There is a division between us and one can't pass from one place to the other. Then he says to Abraham, well, Abraham, Abraham, do me a favor. Send him. They know him. Send him to my, to my house, to my home. Send him to my brothers. I don't want them to get here. And Abraham says, no. They've got the law and the prophets. That's that whole Old Testament. And the, the man from Hades looks up and says, that's what I had. And look where I am. Whoa. Whoa. Now what does that say? He trusted his riches to take him where only God can take you. Now folks, keep that in mind, won't you please? And you say to yourself, well, how do I learn uh, to win over these temptations? Just the way Jesus won. It is written. That's all he said. It is written. Let me share this with you. Happy are all who perfectly follow the word. And happier those that know, in other words, that not only follow the word, word, but want to follow it. Now we know why we live in a world of so much unhappiness. Why? Because the only people that can really be happy, you see folks, when you talk about happy, we've got a lot of confusion on that. We put the sign underneath happy, happy hour. Okay? We put the sign under happy as happy times. We put the sign under happy for any vice that we might have. Well, at the moment, I'm having a good time. You better believe it. 
at the moment you are. But you know, that's not what happy is. That's not what happy is. When the Bible talks about being happy and about happiness, it's not something momentarily. It's not something that comes from a vice or from a fling or from an attraction. No, 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 no. Happy are those who search for God, do his will, and walk in him. Everything I'm telling you from here on in is in Psalm 119. So when you get home tonight, you make it your psalm. It goes out and it says, but God rejects, God rejects what? Whoever compromises with evil. Now what is compromising with evil? Hey, it could be 50-50. It could be 75-25. Compromising, you know what it is. It's not the full truth, just enough that you think gets you across. It doesn't get you across. Because our God is 100% God. You say, well, well, wait a minute, lady, don't you say this is a process? Now you're confusing me. Yeah, it is a process. But the process and the piece of process that you're going through, okay, it's God walking with you. It's according to the light that you have. And then there's this something else that's so important. You have got to want it. That process, you've got to want it. It's not, <clears throat> let me put it this way. It doesn't come naturally. You have got to want. And you know, when I, when I read that in Psalm 119, that's in the first, fourth verse, I thought to myself, God never eliminates in his word, never eliminates will or choice, never eliminates it. No matter what he promises, no matter what he says he'll do, he never eliminates word, he never elim eliminates will or choice. And that's where the psalmist looks up and says, you see, this psalm, many people think David wrote it. It's probably written by Ezra. We're not sure. Ezra is the great scribe of the time of the building of the testament, or better said, of, the, of uh, Jerusalem and the new, the brand new church and the walls of Jerusalem. So this man knew what had happened to Israel because of declining to obey the word. And then he says, open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your word. And you know why? Because if God opens your eyes, guess what's going to happen? The one that wrote the book is going to get right by your side. His name is Holy Spirit. And guess what he's going to do? As you read, he's going to light a match. And you are going to see what you've never seen before. It's not going to just be paper and ink. It's going to be ink on paper, but with a light of God that makes you go through. And it'll answer every question you have. Why do we need a word? Why do we need a Bible? Why is there so much controversy? Why? Well, the scripture tells you. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. We're not staying here. No one stays here. There's a cemetery, no, there's a funeral parlor in, in Puerto Rico, and it's called La Cuna de Todos. Isn't that something? Leave it up to a Puerto Rican to put a name that for a funeral parlor. The cradle of everybody. This is the cradle for everyone. Hey. 
but we're pilgrims. We're just going out. And guess what? As pilgrims, we need a map. We don't have a map. We're not born with a map. The Bible is the map. We also need someone that knows how to give commands. And we don't give too good commands. Okay? We need somebody that's got charts, that knows the terrain that we're to move on. I don't have any. God does. It's his word. And we also need guides. That's what fellowship is all about. It really is. It's having people that will help you get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit further. And don't be afraid if there's somebody you like here better than somebody else. That's not, there's no problem with that. You say, oh, you're contradicting what you said at the beginning. No, 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 no. Christ is our center. Christ is our life. Christ is our light. But if there's someone that will hold you by the hand and let you see him a little bit better, hey, it's going to be a beautiful experience, and I want you to know that. The, the writer says, I long for instructions more than I can tell. And then he goes on, he says, make me understand what you want so that I can see your miracles. In other words, in order to be in a place with God where he can show you miracles, where he can tell you about miracles, where he can promise you miracles, and you walk in the faith of the promise, and it comes to be. Oh my, God is so gracious. All he wants to do is reach. All he wants to do is touch you. And you know how he does it? Through the word. You want to know how to get out of trouble? It is written. He'll tell you how. He'll walk with you. Now we seek for instant gratification. That's our problem, folks. That's why we got promise boxes. We don't want to read the whole Bible. Give me a little box with one there. Pick it out. And I, I love them. Don't the Don? I'm, hey, I've got two in my office. And those little calendars with a verse on it for each day, I got five. Everywhere I got a flat place, I put one. Well, I just love the word. But I don't use it as a, como se llama? It, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a rabbit's foot. It's, a, it's not exactly the word for the day. It may be. But my word for the day comes from the studying of his word and grabbing hold of him and knowing that he will work miracles and wonders in my life and in my heart. Listen. Listen to what the word answers. I weep with grief, but you encourage me. Isn't that beautiful? Who hasn't wept? I weep with grief, but you encourage me. That's the 28th verse. My heart is heavy, but your word sustains me. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Heavy heart? We know what a heavy heart is. Sure we do. Do you know what it is to get $123 to pay bills, and you add it up and it says 260 Say amen. Whoa. We need miracles. But that's life. And that's, that's a heavy burden. That is a heavy burden. Let me tell you a little story about me. We've, we've lived a, a beautiful life. But we have not been the rich evangelists. We've never had bucks flowing. And we've had a hard time. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming God and I'm not excusing myself. Do you understand what I mean? 
I've gotten a lot out of this walk. I'm on the winning side. Do you understand what I mean? I've never been so rich in terms of life, in terms of joy, in terms of hope, in terms of what he's given me and what he's, hey, come on now, I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm happy. But in one of those days of agony, maybe 15 or 20 or 25 years ago, I got up to here. Joe was driving taxis. He took the night run to make more money. And he'd get in at 2.30. I'd have to go down and get our heap and drive over to the taxi stand. So when he got through, I would pick him up and then I would bring him home. Oh, we were fancy Christians. We, re we really worked at it. One night, I got such a pity party. How many have had pity parties? Aren't they delicious? Oh, they do so much. Really, you have a good cry and you feel real sorry for yourself. And you're looking up and you say, Que pasa? What's happening? Yeah. And let me tell you something. That night I, I talked to God. And I said, you know, God, I got to tell you something. You tell me that for my ministry and for my work, I've got, I'm saving money in heaven. I don't want money in heaven. Give me a withdrawal <laughs> of whatever I've got up there. Send a couple of thousand down. And then I cried and I cried. And I cried. And I said, thank you, Lord, for making a mess out of me and for letting me make myself a mess. But guess what? The scripture says that what he's promised, he'll do. Hallelujah. The only thing wrong with us is the timing. We don't like his timing. It takes him years to form character. It takes him years to form strength. It takes him years to make us who he would have, to, he would have us to be. We don't. We want to walk in and out and in and out. We want to stand there and say, okay, I'm filled. I ain't going to tell you what you're filled with. It doesn't happen that way. It's through the crisol. It's through the fire. It's through the storm. It's through the battles. But then you come out very humble. And you look up to heaven and you kind of test your brain and you test your heart. You test your kidneys. Everything's functioning. It's okay. On would I go. I tell you this, and I tell it to you, because God could have easily given me a withdrawal. He is God. But he knew what lied ahead, lay ahead. He knew. He knew there were things to do and people to see and lives to touch and truth to establish and the Bible to give to people so they'd be encouraged. That's all I want to do. I want you to know I got promoted because I've never asked for a withdrawal again. Say amen. amen. That's right. 
The scripture says, forever your word stands firm in the heavens. Nothing is perfect except your word. In other words, this Bible is perfect. And guess what? It'll make you wiser than your enemies. That's what Jesus used on the devil. It is written. It is written. It is written. And the scripture says the devil left him. And I like better than it is written. It is written. It is written. You know what I like? It is finished. Woo! Glory! I praise God for that. It'll make you wiser than your teachers. And it'll make you wiser than the aged. And it'll also, verse 36, it'll help me prefer obedience to making money. I never thought that verse existed. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You say, well, sister, money is what makes the world go round. That's why it's going round and round and round and round. No. Obedience. Obedience. Help me prefer. Why, why does he cry out, help me? Because he doesn't feel that way. He doesn't. He needs and acknowledges the value of money and money to get ahead. But he cries out and says, help me. Oh, God, help me. Help me to prefer obedience than to making money. Say amen. amen. It's a light unto our path. God's with us. And it's written that he'll bless you, he'll keep you. He'll hold you tight. He'll make you a winner. Say amen. amen. Heavenly Father, you took victory at the very beginning of your ministry. Satan asked you to fill all your human needs. And you told him it was written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan took him to the highest peak of the tabernacle, the temple, and says, throw yourself down, for it is written. He'll send his angels, and your foot would not hit the ground. And Jesus says, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, when all the kingdoms of the earth were promised to you by the lying devil, you said it is written, thou shalt not bow down and thou shalt not worship. Oh, neither the world nor anything in it, nor all the glories and power that the world claims to have. It is written, we shall love the Lord, our God, with all our heart and with all our mind and with all our substance. Thank you, Lord. And I especially thank you, Lord, because it's written, thou shalt honor your mother and your father all the days that you're given on this earth. And that is the first of the law with a promise. First commandment with promise. And I thank you for we've honored our mothers. But before we ever did, you honored them. And so this day, I thank you with great joy. Help us to be people of the word, Lord. Help us to be people 
of first-class conviction. People that will either go the right way. Lord, we don't want to play church. We've played for a long while. We don't want the, 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 the liturgy. We don't want the, that which seems like it. We don't want that. We want the truth of your presence. Would you help us, Lord? In your name, I pray. Folks, I'm going to ask for the strangest altar call. And no, you're not going to come to the altar. But the strangest altar call that maybe you've heard in an entire life. I'm going to ask you to give up anything that would steal your salvation. Give up anything that would impede your divine direction. Give anything. Give it up that would make you king on earth over whatever domain, a physical domain, a person domain, a material domain, or a crazy ego domain, that we would be willing to give it up. Yes, just give it up. So that we would live within the confines of your word. And when Satan tempts us again, we will answer the enemy. It is written. Would you help us, Lord? If that's the way you feel, would you stand to your feet wherever you are in God's house? Pastor Amy, I'm going to dedicate myself to the word of God. If God says it, I want to go that way. If God says it, I want to be obedient. If God says it, I'm not going any other way. Would you stand wherever you are in God's house? Heavenly Father, I look up and there is a cloud of maybe one, two, or three hundred people standing. You see their hearts. You see their minds. You see the conviction and the choice that's been brought forth this day and that they've accepted the challenge. Hallelujah. I ask your blessing upon them. Oh God, I would dare to ask you to make them better than they've ever been. Richer than they've ever been. Stronger than they've ever been. Only because of the power of your word. And their decision to be obedient to it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I thank you. And I thank you. Would you be seated for just a minute? Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. If you've been with us this morning, and you have never had the opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior, and you would like to do just that. Pastor Amy, I want to give Jesus my heart. I won't embarrass you. I don't embarrass anybody. You know why? Because choices are seen by God. Choices are. You say, ah, oh, but the Bible says if you confess. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah, but you know when you confess? When you're secure in the process. When you know you've done it, and you tell others. Is there someone here that would say, I need Jesus as my Savior? Could I see your hand, please? I want to pray for you. God bless you, son. 
Is there someone else? God bless you, darling. Is there someone else? God bless you, my dear lady. Honey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there someone else? You want him as your savior. God bless you. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Is there someone else that would say, pray for me? I need a savior. I see your hand. God bless you. Uh, young man, you thrill my heart, but you're making God smile. God bless you. God bless you. He receives you into your kingdom. You don't have to wait for anything else. He is yours. He's your Lord. He's your master. He's your king. And we receive you. Is there someone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Yes. Yes, we're celebrating. We're celebrating. We are celebrating. This is the day of celebration. I invite you. I'm going to pray for these folks. <laughs> it's, 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 our, it's our prize for this morning. And uh, I'm going to ask my, my ushers, would someone give me one of those things we give to people that are newly saved and have accepted the Lord as their Savior? I want, to, I want it here at the pulpit. So if any of these friends that have made this decision move forward, uh, I, can, I can bless them with that information. Yes, darling, put it here. Heavenly Father, I pray now for every hand that went up. Oh, my God. It's so good to know that from your throne, you look down on each heart. You made the decision come into fruition. I thank you for their acceptance. I thank you for their walk with you, which begins right now, Lord. Oh, they might have been churchgoers and church people, but now it's not a matter of church. It's a matter of you. They've accepted you. They've walked. They're starting their walk with you. I would ask you to bless them. May they know right now that with the uplifting of their hand, your blood flowed from Calvary for the washing of their soul and their spirit. And let them know their sins are forgiven. That new life is theirs. And they'll be blessed from above. And now, God, we thank you for your goodness. We are so... Would you, would you give God a minute of thanksgiving, church? A minute of thanksgiving. We've had a wonder day.